Youngbloods acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands where we work and live. We celebrate the diversity of Aboriginal peoples and their ongoing cultures and connections to the lands and waters of New South Wales. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. This podcast was produced by Youngbloods New South Wales in partnership with Massive Music. Now let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Lessons in Hindsight, Season 2, Episode 2. This episode's actually dedicated to Part 2 of our live event, so if you haven't tuned in to Part 1, I recommend going back, or this might not make sense. My name's Charlotte Berry, and I had the awesome opportunity of interviewing Shaquita King from Coco Gun, Vince Lagana from It's Friday, and Scott Noel from The Monkees about what it's really like to open your own advertising agency, plus much, much more. Of course, some curly questions from myself and the audience. So tune in, and thanks for putting us back into your ears. We hope not to disappoint. So I heard the word mistake brought up before and I feel like I've gone completely off. I did, I've really asked maybe like two of the questions that I sent you. So apologies. Might do an easy one. Well, maybe not so easy. Have you guys ever made a mistake that comes to mind that at the time you just thought, holy fuck, I'm getting fired? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I probably can't really talk about what it was, but... Um, we'll talk to you afterwards. For legal reasons. Yeah, for, legal, <laughs> for legal reasons, but it always comes from a good, always comes from a good place. And, um, and it's, yeah, I think you, you have the right as a, as a creative to, to challenge and, and to push and, um, you know, and, and the important thing is to learn from, from whatever it is you... Um, the mistake you've made. You know, for what, but, from what you learn from whatever hypothetical yeah, mistake yeah, I, you've, yeah, you've made, yeah, Vinny. Yeah, but I, like <laughs> it, it comes with it. I think that's what absolutely like you have to, you know, in any in any career path you make mistakes and um, it's what you do from those mistakes that matters. You know? mm-hmm. did, I, did I skirt around that one? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I did you, well. you answered it like a politician. Yeah, say, I know. Yeah. I did. I absolutely <laughs> did. CK, would you like to answer it not like a politician? Sure. <laughs> I'll give it a crack. So one of the um, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was, um, well, it felt like the end of my career at the time, but it was the best thing in retrospect. But I left DDB to be, um, as when I was managing partner then, I left DDB to... Um, to become CEO of an independent agency that was a PR firm that wanted to sort of grow the agency to kind of be full service. And I was very upfront through the whole sort of interview process that I knew nothing about PR, not part of my skill set, but I could do pretty much everything else because of my experience. And I was like, right, let's let's do this. And um, I resigned two weeks into the role. And I just, I was devastated, absolutely devastated because I had... I just felt like 25 years of a career of like working so hard, being very pointed about each career choice and the move and who I was going to surround myself with and what I wanted to learn. And I've been very sort of strategic in all of those moves. And I just felt like I'm going to have to go flip burgers at Macca's to mm. raise my three children, put food on the table. Mm. That's honestly how I felt. I just felt like it was just a, such a car crash in every way, shape or form. And... Um, 
and it was at that moment when I just felt like I was surrounded by all these landmines. I was like, <laughs> well, I'll just start my own agency then because, well, you know, I'm unemployed and I'd been thinking about it for about three years and Ant and I had been sort of talking on and on and off, should we, shouldn't we? And the timing was just never perfect. And I called him and said, this is what's happened. And he was like, well, there's only one thing to do. Let's start that agency. So um, it, it, it felt like such a mistake at the time um, because I just felt like my career just dissolved, my credibility just dissolves. No one would, you know, like, what was that about? But um, I had the most unbelievable support like, I've never felt more sort of um, just surrounded by allies, different agencies throughout my network. There was just this wave of like support. So I just kind of felt really sort of seen, you know, it wasn't like, it took weeks for me sort of, you know, to recover. But, um, and I think that's the other thing about this industry that sort of no one talks about very often. It's, it's an incredible, Advertising is a remarkable career choice. This industry is filled with the most generous, most intelligent, inspiring humans. If I had to have another go and choose a career all over again, I'd be in exactly the same space. Mm. I could not think of, of doing anything else. Um, you, you almost do these like nano degrees in every single, in, in, in every single like category. Yeah. Category, absolutely. Um, and it's inspiring. Your brain's always like, shit, I know nothing about that. I better do a deep dive. And you become like an expert in, in so many different fields. It's fascinating. And you meet beautiful people. Like, you make lifelong friends. I feel like I want to applaud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a longer answer than maybe what you wanted. But yeah, that was, that was probably one of the biggest. I was like, uh. Oh, you like mistakes. I've never made any mistakes. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, look, um, I think I, I once described our business as just a collection of mistakes that we somehow got through. And at times it felt like that. Like you, everything you, you're looking at, you, 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 oh, we made a mistake with, you know, how we charged for that or the, the campaign that we went with that or we should have pushed a client. It, it, and it's just all of these things. I reckon the only... Um, we have uh, – are you asking me for a specific example? I mean, we've had death threats from, uh, you know, some of the when, – when we work on the lamb stuff, uh, especially around in the Indigenous space. God, I thought you were about to say you had death threats from employers. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Not that he knows. Not that I know <laughs> of. They might have been screened. Um, uh, so, sometimes, you, you know, uh, you do things that – I mean, we thought this was probably a mistake at the time but it ended up being a definitive moment for the business when we, um, uh, we'd we been working on Foxtel, I think, for four or five years. We'd, uh, in one particular year in the recession, 2008, somehow managed to turn it around, had the best sales day, week, month, year. New, um, new marketing person came in and said, we're going to pitch the business. And we said, no thanks. <laughs> and we got up in front of the agency and there was probably around this, this amount of people uh, in the agency at the time and we, we said, um, uh, we've, we've just been asked to pitch on Foxhole and everyone's faces went. <laughs> and then we said, but uh, we've told them to fuck off. <laughs> we didn't say that. We thought we, we, you know, we've politely declined. And, uh, and there was this huge cheer and at that time we were thinking we are, we are doomed um, and the poor, the, 
um, Lou, who was running finance at the time, we'd forgotten to tell her that that's what we were doing and she, everyone was cheering she was standing on the side going, <gasps> but um, and we, we just said, look, no one's going to lose a job. We're going to work our asses off for the next two or three months and, and replace the business and see what we could do. And, um, yeah, and we actually did. We won Ikea and won Diageo and we more than covered the – and a bit of Telstra. But mm-hmm. it took a – you know, it took about hustle. And, and I look at things like we thought were mistakes and then turned around into defining moments. Um, yeah, and other things like putting way too much money into a product with a, a business partner that wasn't right, et cetera. But um, you, you learn from everything. It's not a mistake if you learn from it. Yeah, it's true. That's good. I've made a couple. <laughs> we all have. It's good. Yeah. Now, would anyone like to ask a question? I feel like I can throw to the audience. I've got a question. What's the, the value of, of creativity in your kind of, obviously, you know, we can change business and that kind of thing, but I think like, we've all probably sat on calls where a TikTok creator gets paid more money than we do in a month for <laughs> one post, maybe multiple months. In, in this economy, you know, as we're sort of young people, but as the executives, how do you see your businesses moving forward in a world where someone with an iPhone can create something you might have done in a massive campaign for $500,000? That's the question. <laughs> That's a big question, Harry. That's oh, a good one. And it's, it's ever since the iPhone could start because um, people were instant photographers and instant filmmakers and that's all getting better. And I, I just applaud anybody who's making content and that's really good. Most of the time brands uh, and we've been through a phase where brands have jumped on those kinds of people and over time you learned to use them effectively but they've probably pulled back a bit because they don't they're more partners than working for the brand whereas if you're working for the brand you've got to live up to a certain level you've got to have, be strategically sound and and people operating on their own are never going to be that but um don't worry, man, you'll end up getting paid heaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, we've all learned a lot and it, it, it has come to like a lot, right, in, in recent times. The, the thing that we always find, and we do get a lot of partners who come in, but there's something about what we do um, that doesn't compare and I don't think you can necessarily put a value on it. We understand a brand a lot better. Um, than um, partners that come in. So we are the brand guardians. Um, and also ideas. I think that's something that we, that's what we do best, you know. So I don't think um, we welcome everyone, uh, but I think we know our value and we know what we can bring. And, and sometimes it is a challenge with clients because it, it is the, the thing to do at the moment. But um, we don't discourage it. We, we bring people in and we try and bring, you know, what we do best and work together with them, yeah. Um, as a junior, what what do you think is better to start in, in a big agency or a small agency? Well, that's a... Um, I'd say a good agency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking to a few people earlier before we started and um, I think it's... Um, I think it's finding a place you want to work and whether that's a big agency or a small agency and the people you want to work with, know who's in the agency and who you admire and who you think you're going to learn the most most from. Um, 
I started in a smaller agency. Uh, I felt like it was probably, felt well, it depends on where you go, I guess, but, you know, culture is really important as well and how you nurture it. And I think sometimes in a smaller agency you probably have a little bit more attention. Um, but being in bigger agencies, I think you, um, you have to gravitate towards the people who are going to help you the most. So I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong to that. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it's more important to have a good boss, somebody who's mm. invested in your career, somebody that you can learn from. And if that means there's three people, 300, I don't think that's, maybe that's not what is more valuable. It's more who you can learn from and how quickly. Yeah. Mm. Have one. Um, Scott, you started your agency when you were 20 something. Uh, oh, 18, 17. <laughs> uh, early 30s. Early 30s. Um, so when you were still a creative team and um, you both started it after longer, more you know, successful careers, I'd love to know what made you wait and what made you not. I like that you didn't mention our ages, but you mentioned everyone else. 29. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, uh, I think we were at Saatchi's at the time and we felt like uh, that, that, that kind of big agency, there's some wonderful people there, but that um, sort of institution was very much set up to do different, um, you know, radio, TV, print. And we, we'd be proposing these longer form things and different ways of connecting with with um, the audience and and um, we'd be the novelty guys and we just thought after a while, no, we've just got to do this ourselves. The, the industry's going to explode. I think those BMW films had come out on the internet yeah. only. Remember those? Yeah, that was before you guys were born. Um, <laughs> but, but we're sort of thinking, okay, we want to do more long form. We want to do different things and it's not going to happen here and the industry's going to change and we, we want to sort of lead that. We naively thought we were going to lead that charge. Yeah, I think you you guys were quite senior as well at the time and it, it wasn't like a... It, we weren't creative directors or anything. No, no, no you weren't. You no, weren't we, we had to make ourselves creative directors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, I was at I was at Saatchi's when uh, the guys left. So I saw it. <laughs> I saw it happen and thinking, fuck, what are they doing? And I remember saying to... Um, <laughs> I remember saying you to me. You tell us we were crazy. Yeah, Mark Green, uh, Mark Green left, I think a couple of months later, and he walked into, um, he had offices back then, and he walked into the office and said, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. And I, and I went, why, why, are you, why are you doing that? And, and he said, fuck, man, it's what I've always wanted to do all my life. And, and it was at that point I went, oh, fuck, he's got ambitions. And, <laughs> and, and he just looked at me like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why wouldn't you? And, yeah, good question because it took me a while, right? Clearly it took me a while. I knew I always wanted to do something. It was about waiting for the right people and the right partners, I think. I knew I didn't, I, I didn't want to do it on my own. I, I know that I know where my strengths are and I know I need some people around me, um, you know, like a, like a good CEO and um, head of operations who I have in um, Pete Bosikoski and, and Jeremy de Villiers and, um, it was time. I think it just came to a point where it was time. It was like now or never. We've spoken about it for many, many years and um, an opportunity arose and we said we have to do it. So um, it wasn't out of anything other than we found the right moment. 
the business partner thing is interesting. How do you know, like, I feel like you've, you both worked with your business partners for a long time. Actually, all of you worked with your business partners. When, when was there this moment? Was there this like, look across the table at like, you know, eight, eight or 9pm at night where you're like, got to, got to do our own thing, got to get out? Uh, interestingly, well, we arrived at Saatchi's, Justin and I working as a creative team and we met Greeny and I reckon it was like the second time he walked into our office. He said, have you guys ever thought about starting your own business? And we went, uh, yeah, pull out our catapult communications business cards, uh, experts in youth communication. <laughs> <laughs> and Justin had had a design business before that. I'd done, um, yeah, some uh, building work on my own. But it, and my dad was an entrepreneur and always said, just work for yourself. But, um, yeah, I think if you've got that in you, it's going to be in you and you, and you're getting a similar story. We'd been talking about this for a long time, all of us. And so when the moment comes, you're like, okay, now's the time. Yeah, for me it was knowing that the, the partners I'm working with, I'd worked with before in a previous agency and we led an agency and I think that's the best way of knowing if you can work with someone because you do go through the highs and and some very low lows as well and, and knowing that um, how you get through it together and, and, and I think that was a realisation moment for us where um, I don't even think we spoke about it, we kind of just knew. And then when, when, when we started talking about it, it was like, of course we're talking about this, yeah. I think it's really important to, um, to have a different skill set. So that's, um, for us anyway, that's kind of been um, what has led to, I think, um, our success or the fact that we've sort of, you know, we're, we're sort of four years old now, but different skill set, shared values is imperative um, and then shared creative ambition, I think, are kind of like the three sort of ingredients for, for us anyway. Mm. It's, a, it's a pretty magic thing though if you can get through, as um, he's talking about, the ups and downs. I mean, I, I look at Mark and Justin and I've been working with Justin as a creative partner been working with Greeny now for twenty something years, and um, and both of them we've we've been through our, our marriages, we've had kids, we've buried our fathers together, you know, we've been almost broke a few times, we've put our houses up to keep the thing going, we've we've done all this stuff together, and that's a, that's a bond that's never going to go away, you know, and, and I. And we, we, at the start, we, we sort of looked at each other and went, if we get out of this as friends, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> but I, I can tell you with the right partners, it's a, um, it's a deeply rewarding thing. That's hard to follow. Beautiful. Do we have any other questions? Um, do you think with a lot of this terminology that gets thrown around and like the jargon around purpose and sustainability, that there is maybe, because of the cultural perception and brands latching onto this stuff, that we are potentially diluting or foregoing traditional advertising practices that make advertising what it is, what it's supposed to do, like be effective, build those memory structures and like create salience. Like there are certain, certain campaigns that are receiving awards that you can't look at and you're thinking like, did it do its job though? Was it effective? Do you feel like there's a danger of us becoming maybe too 
fixated on that side of things that we're actually maybe not doing our job to an extent in mm. some context. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think there's, um, there's just good advertising practice and I don't think that those things go away. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's science to, <laughs> to suggest that those are good practices and that we should hold on to them. I think it's what you do with those, you know, like building memory structures and distinctive assets and all those things. Those are imperative. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, we, we leverage those. We, you know, uh, yeah, those are just, I think, principles that, that are good and should be leveraged. Or maybe just like certain campaigns that you go out and you're like, you didn't see the brand name once, or like the product once, and like even though that might seem, it, it just feels kind of counterintuitive to maybe like what the attitude is. But. You, you can only ever do the right thing. Sorry, did I mm, tell you no, off? No, 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 not at all. You can only ever do the right thing by your client, and that is using, you know, the, your skills to solve their business problem in the most effective way possible. If that re results in creative awards, great. But, I mean, you don't have to be a to Einstein to look at the creative awards and realise that half of them probably <laughs> weren't as effective for the client as they could have been. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and from, the, from the independent viewpoint, you can't do ineffective work because you'll get fired and you won't be able to pay anybody. <laughs> so you, you've, you've got to do the right thing. Um, I, I, but it is a practice with all the bigger companies, holding companies, et cetera, who get judged on creative awards, the sneaking things through every year. But, but uh, your skills w won't go out of date. It doesn't matter what you apply them to. But I think here you're talking about just doing the right thing by your client. Yeah, I think... Um Brands need to know how to do both. And I, I do think most of them know how to do both to an extent. I think memory structures, of course, like that's what we that's what we do and that's what brands want. But I think it's a remiss of a brand to think that doing something um, that talks to what they're doing from a sustainability point of view doesn't have a halo effect on, on sales as well. Like it is building brand love. Now it depends on the client and how retail they may be in in um, some instances, but um, there is a halo effect that you can't necessarily measure, which sometimes is hard for for clients to to justify. Um, and then you got the other the, the other spectrum where we know that um, brands are actually doing a lot, you know, when it comes to to good and sustainability, um, but they don't talk about it, right? Because they focus so much on what is important, which is the sales, and then you've got to dig deep to find out what they're actually doing. And you're going, shit, why don't you talk about that? So it's the opposite, right? They're not actually com they're not communicating it um, because it, it doesn't generate sales. So we should be encouraging brands to talk more about it, I think, and know that it will have a halo effect. <laughs> um, you've all respectively spoken about having like aha moments that have come off maybe like dissatisfaction with being in, as you alluded to, big shops or like big agencies, you put in the hours in that kind of traditional advertising space. What do you think that says about the health of the advertising industry that stands and what do you say to an audience of young people who are kind of just entering the advertising industry or starting to make waves? Like what would you, what kind of advice would you impart to? to these people, <laughs> to us. Wow. 
I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to anything I say. Um, sorry, can you, can you repeat that? So there are a lot of parts to that question, but essentially that yeah. you were dissatisfied or there was something that was missing in, in traditional big agencies and then at some point in your career you moved off. What does that say about the industry as it stands and how do you inspire people who are early on in that industry yeah. in their journey in the advertising? Sorry, yeah, I forgot the first part, which is really important. Um, the, the, the industry is really healthy when there are lots of restless, uh, inquisitive people in it uh, who are, you know, wanting to see new things, wanting to see things change. I can't remember who the creative director was who was a, uh, one of those famous old creative directors said the best creative departments are always on the verge of mutiny <laughs> and, and, that, and that, it should be like that. And so if the industry is healthy and we're being a bit dangerous and we're pushing things forward, then... You, you really want those sort of people to jump out like, you know, we all did and try something different, I, I think. So I think that's actually a really healthy thing because it moves the industry in different and more interesting ways. And also um, there's a lot to learn in those, in those agencies as well, right? So don't, um, don't underestimate the value of the experience yeah. and exposure to the way that people work and you kind of... I mean, I love observing people, but they're just people. I walk into a room and they're just people that always just stand out. And I'm like, why is that? And it's because they are articulate, they're intelligent, they can persuade, they've got conviction. There's just, there's something, and like those people are, are you know, there's plenty of them um, in those, you know, in those, in those bigger agencies as well. So, you know, find them, spend time with them, work on stuff that they're working on so you can mm -hmm. learn and be a sponge. Um, Suck their uh, brains. Yeah, totally. Suck their brains. There mm. you go, right that time. <laughs> but yeah, so there's, you know, it's not, it's not all sort of doom and, and gloom, but I think, um, and even sometimes the, the most valuable lessons I've learned has always been in periods of my career where there's been tension or it's even been toxic or, uh, you know, it's, it's just like, oh, why is this so hard? This is uncomfortable. And those are the periods where my trajectory just... Um, because that's where I was learning, you know. Mm. So it's, it's not always like pleasant and wonderful and thriving and the client's happy and it's profitable and it's all, you know, that's, that's that sometimes not. Most crap. Yeah, yeah it's just there, there's <laughs> got to be a little bit of tension always. I think yeah. you actually need to acknowledge that. It's probably like a really, um, sorry, I'm not being very articulate. I'm working through my, my response. But I think if, if tension's actually good. Because it, you kind of, you switch yourself on and you're subscribing and you're unsubscribing and you're deciding what it is that you value and what it is, how you want to show up and, and who you want to be. So that tension's good and there's a lot to learn in those environments. Good answer. That was a great answer. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on traditional partnerships between director and copywriter? or the more informal keys in the bowl sort of agency that all work. What are you getting out there, Harry? <laughs> Where do you work? Where do you work? <laughs> oh, look, I, I, it's been spoken about a lot. Uh, there are agencies who, who break the, the mould and um, think that the art director and writer is too traditional in, in, in many ways. I, I think we've, you know... In my experience, it's, you know, we always try to partner our creatives with, um, 
you know, with the planner, so it does feel more like it's a it's a team. And and I think in in the best best meetings I've been is when it's really hard to know who. You know, if you were to walk into a room, you'd go, well, who's who's actually who and who does what. And so I I think it I enjoy it. I think it's an it's an important process. I think that um, you get two different perspectives on on a on a job and um, more from a craft point of view as well. I think it's you know we. You know, I think we're losing a bit of the craft, if I were to be honest, in um, in our communications. It, it seems like it's a bit more of an, an, an afterthought and that goes right down to even the way we're presenting these days. You know, we, it's, things become so much easier for us in docs and so on and the craft is gone. It just becomes a bit templated now. And so I think a, a, the role of a, a craftsperson and, and, and a crafts writer and a crafts art director is still quite important. But I wouldn't limit it to that. I think that that's that's um, too traditional in in the way we think anyway. Is that you know everyone says it that anyone could have ideas, and and that's true. You know, I think um, particularly when you're an independent and when you're small, you know, you have to listen to others because you don't have a team of so many creatives that can come back with. Um, I'm sure Mark Green's had a few ideas in the past, and you know, all of them. Yeah, all of them, <laughs> all of them. So um, I don't know if that. Um, Answers your question, but I, I look. I think there is a structure, and for me, it it works. Um, but we have to be open for ideas to come from. You know, we're in a creative industry, so and everyone knows good creative work. Cool. <laughs> I'd really like to know if there's one brand each of you could work with. Um, what would it be and why? Maybe it's the product or there's like potential that's not being met or you love the values. Yeah, it requires some thinking. I mean, the, the obvious answer is top of mind is Patagonia because their values are so great. You want to work with the companies who have, have amazing values and... Um, Weirdly enough, I mean, being with Telstra for so long now, I'm, I'm seeing this amazing shift in, in how they're approaching, you know, they're one of the biggest companies in Australia and they're, the stuff they're doing around sustainability and oh, it, it is really, really um, hopeful. So sometimes it's not the brands that you'd imagine mm. and, and you just get a few change makers in some of these bigger brands and, and you can see real... Uh, real, you know, and, and it's very inspiring for people like us who are then tasked with talking about it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's um, I yeah, I think definitely like you know we all want to do good, so Patagonia's way up there, and and then I think we all we all in our minds want to work on the big brands, you know, like the Nikes and the the Apples. But then there's also the the challenger brands that you go, oh, hang hang on, what about how what about that how do we how do we make that better than what it, what it is and, and challenge the likes of the Nikes and and the Apples and so um, I you know I I admire work that I, I look at what other brands are doing and I go wow I wish I can be doing that type of work with those type of brands um, but then I guess the the challenger in me is always like well why can't we find another brand and and better that that's cool. Nice. I can't believe I'm going to say what I'm going to say, but um, uh, government, mm. 
because I think if there's any, if there's any brand that needs a fucking transformation, <laughs> then it's that. Um, Did you hear the crowd there? And they just went, <gasps> <laughs> I just think, God, oh, that would be, um, what a rebrand that would be. Yeah. Just that the DNA needs to dissolve and be reformed and just... Um, it's funny because we, we were working on the government for a few months in the, during the last government and that was quite challenging in some of the tasks that we were given. And, but, but I think, are you talking about the, the idea of government in general? Because I, Oh, definitely the idea because, yeah. let's be honest, if I was working for the that government, I'd tell industry. them to fuck off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I just think yeah. if, if, there, if, there was a, if there was a brief where we could go, just listen instead of being on transmit. If you just, if mm. you just listened, that would inspire transformation. Just pay attention to the people that you were there to serve answer a question with a straight answer, regardless of whether it's unpopular. Just like little things that you could just sort of seed. I just think mm. that would be an amazing, amazing project. Not that it would ever eventuate, but. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah. Would, that would be an interesting brand to work on. Um, what, which campaign of yours did you most Anti-Slavery Australia, um, we did a campaign for, um, for them to kind of raise awareness. So the idea was um, human might, just really a metaphor to talk about human trafficking and the fact that people are bought and sold like a tin of baked beans. So um, yeah, we created a store and we had um, over 70 products that represented kind of real people and their kind of stories being sort of enslaved and modern slavery is a thing. There's 15,000 people in Australia that live in slavery type conditions that have their passports taken away and all sorts of things. So yeah, we, we, we love, we love that. That's definitely, we'd love to do more like that for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I fall in love with every job I'm working on. <laughs> it's so true. It, 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 I, people ask me all the time, it's like, well, what I'm working on right now, I, whether it's the best idea or if I'm going to craft away on it. And, um, but I think the one that I'm, one of the ones I'm most proud of, and not necessarily because it was, um, I don't know if it was my, the best idea we've, we had, but it was because of the, how the team pulled together and, and were able to, to achieve what we achieved in, in three weeks. And we did something for... Um, Bundaberg, which was, we called it Road to Recovery, and I think it was a 2013, might get the date wrong, but it was the floods that engulfed um, Bundaberg. And um, and we worked on Diageo, and their, their, their biggest brand they have is Bundaberg Rum. And if anyone knows the brand, it, it is a, an institution up there. Like, people turn to Bund, they turn to the distillery whenever something goes wrong. It's incredible, the, the influence they have. And... Um, and that's we we managed to pull off an, an event and a campaign in three weeks, um, and um, very successful campaign. Um, did well uh, from an awards point of view, but it, it was bigger than that. It was like the team came together, and the amount of work we did it was incredible. The amount of work we did in three weeks um, was pretty inspiring. So I'm proud of it because of I have a. A, a memory of what we had to do to go through what we did to get to get it done. It's amazing. 
I'm proud of lots of lots of the things, you know, like some of the lamb stuff. But at the moment, we're working on um, with the uh, people uh, from the Uluru Statement of the Heart, and we're working on a campaign called History Is Calling to try and get people to vote yes in a referendum for uh, Indigenous voice to Parliament, and that has been such a massive learning curve working with these elders and Professor Megan Davis, who's um, who's heading that team, is just one of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life and the sort of learnings we've got out of that and just to be able to be part of helping that happen. I mean, I've got my fingers crossed and uh, we've, we've really put our, our own hearts into that one. That's cool. Yeah, wow. Probably have time for one more question. Oh, fight it out, guys. Of course, guys. two, two fight, people fight. put their hands up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go. Um, I mean, I don't know if I speak for everyone, but sometimes I guess early in our career it has felt like a little bit of a grind at points to be in advertising and sometimes it feels like addicting fun. Was there a moment in your early career where it all clicked and you realised this was for you? Like, was there a moment you said, this is the right choice? I, th I think I knew straight away when I, when I was shown a brief and I was like, oh, you can come up with something that's going to change people's minds. And, yeah, I mean, I just thought that was fantastic. I still do. It's amazing. You know, we get these amazing clients come to us and say, how can you make our lives better and people's lives out there better? So it's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the that we are problem solvers and there's something really exciting and scary about that at, at the same time um, beyond what we do like the influence and seeing what others do around you I think is really important too and um, you know I for me it was always seeing work that I went wow why can't why can't I do that you know there are so many campaigns that I wish that that influenced me um, when I was younger and from you know the you know, the, uh, I still feel like there was, you know, Cadbury Gorilla for me was a moment where it actually, for, it was one of those campaigns where for the first time I, it, like, how do you write that? Like, how do you write that as a script, you know? <laughs> like, it's a gorilla playing the drums, Phil Collins. <laughs> and it was a moment for me where I went, wow, that, and it Did was all, yeah, it was, a, it was all based on an emotion and how do you write emotion and, um, and that script could have been written in a in a paragraph. So finding those those moments, and um, of course, you know, there's so many uh, Guinness campaigns that you look at, and you go, wow, they they're they're so well written, so well crafted. And then looking around, what we do in in Australia, you know, there's moments where I remember when Earth Hour happened, and I've been lucky enough to work. We we both have been lucky enough to work in an agency where who created. Earth Hour, but that was a pivotal moment for me as well where I went, wow, they, like, it was the first time where I saw communications have an effect. Physically, I was able to see everyone turn their lights off. It's like, shit, we, like, we got the power to do that. Like, the, it wasn't research that came back and said it. You witnessed it. You saw it. You saw now Earth Hour has lost its gloss now, but back then it was a pivotal moment for me to go, wow, I, can, I, I have that power to be able to do that. 
I think mine, um, not so much work-related, but um, I was uh, in a sort of performance review one day um, with an incredible woman who is still a dear friend of mine. She was my boss at the time. And up until that point, I'd been working in advertising for about six years, maybe six, seven years. But it was a job in advertising. And then in that conversation, I was like, I think... I think I have a career in advertising. There was mm. just, there was this moment where I was like, this is now no longer a job. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I think there were two things that happened in that meeting. One was she was like, Shaquita, this is what you've chosen to do. So choose to be good at it. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and then she looked at me and she said, you could be really good. Mm. You're good at this. People respond to you. You've got a point of view. Work your ass off and you can make something of this. And I was just like, it was like God in front of me. Just like, But um, the point I'm trying to make is, and I think I had mentioned it to somebody else earlier, finding somebody who believes in you and makes you aware of your own potential is the best, best thing that you can do. And if that's in an agency of three people or an agency of 3,000, it makes no difference. Find that person because mm. you will exceed that potential. Mm. You will work 24 hours a day, seven days a week with a smile on your face. You find that person. Yeah, good answer. I think that goes back to what I mentioned earlier with the question is find the people you want to work with mm. and, and they'll get, to get you where you need to go. I feel bad, you know, Shaketa, you're talking about giving out scholarships. You can't. We need to get the last question. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so um, as a junior who's like sort of starting out and looking for growth and mentorship, how do you tell if and how an agency plans to kind of grow young talent, especially in such a fast-paced industry where there's like never enough time Never enough people, never enough bandwidth. Um, yeah, how do you tell if they're intentional or like how do you plan to grow young talent or, yeah. So, sometimes you, you need to be bold enough to ask, I think. Sometimes um, you need to do your homework maybe as well um, and find somebody who you think could, um, and you might ask like 10 people and then two might surprise you and go, yeah, of course, yeah, I, I can meet you at 8.30 for a cup of coffee or I can meet you in three months from now for an or you know whatever but I think you, you've got to you've got to be a little bit bold as well to go would you mind I'd, I'd love to I'd love to soundboard a couple of things um, with mm. you if, if that's okay I'd really appreciate your time you, you'd be mm. I have found nothing but generous people in this industry mm. you will be surprised some people won't get back to you fine that's life some people will so sometimes you you gotta you just gotta put up your hand or send an email or just ask. Yeah, I've I've exactly I, I've a very good question because it happens a lot and um, particularly in I found in in bigger agencies where you, you you're so busy and um, and I've had that question so many times. It's like, well, you're so busy we can't talk to you. And I'm like, I'm, I'll, I'll guarantee you if you call me, if you send me a message and I know it's important, I'll, I'll make the effort and we'll, we'll talk. If it's really, really important to you, I'll make an effort because the, you know, you're, you're reflective of the agency and, and it's really important that, you know, you are um, 
in in, in essence, and you know, you're ambassadors for the agency as well. So we want to make sure that everyone's happy, as happy as possible, and that if there is anything that's bugging people, that you know, we're there for them, and um, we want everyone there to be able to achieve the best they can. So yeah, reach out. Is that, 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 and sometimes it's not email. It's like just call. Like there is a, a you know, or send a text or whatever that thing may be. I'll have a coffee with you if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, we rely on you. We rely on young talent coming through. We rely on new ideas and new energy and a bit of punchiness from people who want to shake us out of our our own cobwebs. So just agitate a bit. Ask people. Tell them that they're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> I don't know. I quite like it when you know when people go, "Oh, I don't know about that." And yeah, okay, good. You got a oh, you got a opinion. Such love a good, it. it's such mm. a good point. Mm. Such I could not concur with that more. Mm. Like I love it when somebody, particularly the quiet ones, and they're like they lean in. I'm like, what does that voice sound like? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just like, yes. Jimmy said, yes, that is approved. I was like, not what you said five minutes ago, but I'm like, yeah, but there was conviction there that was pointed, it was arresting, it was like, yes. It's so great when you've got a point of view and it's different to everyone else because we need those voices in the room. Otherwise, work's just going to be same, same, same. Yeah, I think we like to be challenged. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Love that, Scott. It's true. Well, now, guys, you've had some of the greatest people in advertising tell you, give you permission that you can challenge your bosses. So (laughs) go forth. But thank you so much. I honestly feel like we've all been sitting in the living room of like three of the most incredible minds in our industry. And (laughs) And I'm personally feeling very inspired, so I hope you guys all are too. And we just really, really appreciate your time, like, after work. It's amazing. So thank you so, so much. And if this chat has inspired you, maybe you're in the wrong job. Make sure you go and see these lovely (laughs) ladies. Oh, nice shot. All right, that's it. (laughs) 